Hey, how's this angle here for me? Uh, looks good. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's cutting off a little bit of your hat, but that's okay. Oh, I don't know if that's okay. My hat's pretty cool. <laughs> that's my identity. <laughs> that's my identity. Right? Yeah. You're in music. You should know this. You yeah. should know better. Are you in music? Well, that's what I was saying. And then I, I was like, I better stop saying that because <laughs> you caught on to it. Let me, let me address that situation. Usually the mic isn't set up like this. This is not very professional. <laughs> oh, is that a fact? <laughs> Can we get that on record, please? <laughs> Since I am the professional. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we're starting this fucking podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Just Life Podcast. It is our hope that the gritty, real, and uncensored insights we share with you here will help you get your shit together as you explore and discover what it takes to live your best life on your terms. We are at episode 79. And we're going to talk about something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. And so we're, we're, we're just going to put it on the table and then we'll, we'll start the conversation around it, okay? It is about personal responsibility and entitlement. Hmm. Yeah. I am, I, I've been experiencing uh, this, this nuance of uh, feeling entitled to things that we haven't actually worked for and then not doing anything expecting it to show up regardless <laughs> and then wondering why we're not seeing it in our lives like it, it can be anything right and so i want to talk about what this looks like because actually entitlement personal responsibility has you allows you affords you the opportunity to be entitled to something because you've actually put in the fucking work to have it show up so i'm going to throw it to you guys i want to hear your perspective so let's talk about personal responsibility and entitlement well you know yeah definitely let's do that and what's also interesting your the way that you phrase it you, you seem like you've experienced something recently it'd be interesting to hear what that was <laughs> just to set that you know well it's it's less about me and more what i experienced okay. um from a an observation perspective so i'd much rather not bring that to the table because it's not for me to say actually okay um now that said each and every one of us yeah can most definitely bring something to the table to uh, deepen what this actually means and how, how we relate to it, right? As a as a thing that we're striving for, as a thing that that we're frustrated by. Yeah. Why isn't it happening yet? We're we're all we all got one of those things. So we all get to be a bit vulnerable today. Yeah. yeah well, you, let me tell you what popped up for me when you said that, and it just it just automatically went there when you talked about being entitled, which we covered it a little bit before the show, which yeah. is yeah, which you know what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. White privilege. <laughs> oh yeah, shit! That's you know, that, which is interesting. That that's where my mind went instantly. Growing up in this society, and I haven't been raised in the states, but hearing some of the stories that my parents coming over here from Barbados—that's where my my family are from—and hearing the the struggles that they went through, you know, getting getting a job and and being sometimes even denied because of perceptions of their capabilities 
was astonishing to see and I still get to see that a little bit now right where for me I feel like I have the mindset generally of I have to hustle and really work 10 times as hard I don't always do that but I that's usually in the back of my mind is that can I add something to it just the strange thing is is like there's always this notion that I mean if we're going to go there white people need to be quiet we can't say anything. We can't speak about it. Which is odd. I've never thought that. It, isn't it? Right. And so... Never thought that. If, if that's the case, that's fine. We, like, I'm okay with observing and learning and understanding, but there's a certain threshold that we cross over when you observe, learn, grow. Is it now that, now that I've gained all this knowledge, is it not my responsibility to share and open up that dialogue? So the, the idea that you have to work ten times harder, I don't think that that's um, exclusive to race. I think that's more exclusive to class. And so I would almost argue that the idea of white privilege is is more um, a nuance than it is a reality. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, I would have to disagree with that. Yeah. Pretty yeah. real uncensored. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I've never had a chance to share this conversation with somebody. Yeah. So I, it's interesting that, that, is we, that we fascinating. can talk about it. And it's good to, to see different perspectives. I'm going to let well, you, know, I, you finish. The reason I disagree with that is simply because I personally experience what it's like to benefit from the privilege of being not only a male but a white male. Right? Right, Especially fair. in this society. I've gotten jobs over other ethnic groups simply because of the color of my skin and because of my gender. Um, and the reason I know that is because it was explicitly told to me. Oh my um, on top of that, I used to date a girl that was from Trinidad for about 10 years and I got to... Per- I used to think, back in my more naive years, that racism had been pretty That much, wasn't that long ago, by the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> been pretty much eradicated, you know, which is a stupid thing to say. And easy for me to say. No, but it was how you were raised. Like, your parents taught you not to be racist because they grew up in racist environments. I know, oh, that, you know that was how I was he, raised. He, this, this is a really interesting point. So, our parents uh, definitely raised us with a high moral standard. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the um, this is now this is perfect for for the the convergence between entitlement and what I believe it, uh, I'm able to do should be able to do by nature of um, of of where I'm at my stature uh, what what I believe is true uh, regardless of if that's actually so in the world it's true for me and so I end up taking an action. Um, my parents will say things, have said things about cultures where I'm like, whoa, a, a jaw dropped on the ground in my mind going, what the fuck did you just say? But there's no maliciousness there. Just, it's but just that's the problem. Ignorance, yeah. That's yes. the problem. There is no maliciousness. I'm, I didn't mean anything by it. Fuck that shit. Because of your entitlement or wherever you came from and whatever story that you got delivered, you felt that that was okay to say? Uh-uh. I'm sorry. That's now where personal responsibility comes into play. Because you, you have to speak up. Y- y- well, yeah. yeah. And when you know, uh, listen, most of us, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hoping anyways, deep down there's this thing that goes, hmm, maybe I shouldn't say this. 
now how loud that voice is mm. is all relative to right. how much ego is driving the show how exactly. much entitlement is in the place that's coming from ignorance. our frame though right like like we said our my parents raised me not to be racist but then but like, they raised us not to my mom will say some racist shit and i'm like jesus mom you gotta calm down right like that you can't be out here operating like that and treating people that way so the frame now that we operate under is like where I'm trying to think forward, right? I acknowledge that there is a history. I acknowledge that there is um, some systematic things that are going on. There are problems in the system, but I look at it overall, right? Because I come from a poor family and I've had no privilege. I understand. I've never been told once that I got a job because I was white. I've never been told. But that. you have benefited never, from your right. privilege. And see, this is the ignorance, the right? You don't know what you don't know. It's so automatic. Sometimes. From in my frame, from my, the you know the little box that I've lived in my whole life up until mm. now, you know what I'm saying? Mm. This is what life looked like. Mm. Now take it a little bit deeper, and if you go into the idea that when I teach my boy to go out into the world, there's a certain criteria I gotta put in that list of things that right. Mm-hmm. But your list is a little different, isn't it? It is. It is a little there's different. More, there's more obstacles. Now my like question that. is why? Mm-hmm. Why would you? Why would you do that? And I, I know the answer, but I, I want to hear it from you. Why would you add the extra things like because you're black, you need to be extra careful. Because you're this, you need to be this. And I, like, and why I, would and you I, add that in? Because of experience, right? And the fact that he because probably didn't add that's that a, in. a frame that see, and so yeah. that's the that's the disparity between I've, the two I've, ideas of I've, your I've, reality yeah, versus yeah. mine. So. Oh yeah, like glaringly obvious. Where and I got to tell you, like I I just I mean, still even emotional now about it. Like not like mad about it, but just like. That's just so fucking weird to me. Yeah. Well, you should be because it's no different than when you were like in school and everyone was picking who they wanted on their team and yeah, you were like, the last one picked for, yeah. for circumstances beyond your control. And, right? it, and yeah, it's so weird. It takes me back to like in high school, like, of course, we grew up, I'm going to assert for all, most of us, all of us, that we grew up in a multicultural condition. For sure. Right? And I remember this conversation takes me back to a, a time when at school, I was talking, it was East Indian, black, of course, white, and Elka, who's East Indian, she goes, you know, it never occurred to me, like, I never saw color. Like, Lynette, Lynette, who's white, she's just, I never saw her as white. And I gotta tell you, that's when it really clicked in it. Like, I, I tuned in, I saw color when she said it. I was like, holy shit, I never saw that either. Right? Never saw it. My you know? kids, I guarantee my kids don't see color. Yeah, like, it's, it, and it's weird. So. So when I see these things in the world, especially like say from more old school thinking, like the other thing that, of course, is when thoughts come in, they just come in like like this, right? So I got a whole wheel just spinning based on, you know, just you setting the context of this conversation and just examples just started popping up. So I left a, a job about two years ago just based on that. And the gentleman, really nice giving me the opportunity to get into that environment and learn in that industry. But what was really odd was to see live and direct how this this guy not only had just white privilege but was seemed so ignorant about his what I'm going to call racism you know like just comments he would make uh, even just about opportunities I mean he he was just as you said glaringly obvious about it pointing it out about other people but not seeing it in himself and it it's it's challenging to show somebody else and saying like what you just talked about is so fucking offensive <laughs> you know what the interesting part about offensive yeah it's a choice 
What do you mean, like me seeing it as offensive? Choosing, yes, choosing yes. to be offended yeah. by something. Yeah, yeah and, and here's and the, here's, you assign it, and then it becomes your programming. I agree. About before, I agree. Like, I agree with that. I agree. Like I choose it to be offensive, and it's so hard to ignore. Like because it's, so it's hard. an injustice. And so, yeah, some exactly. Degree, it's your responsibility it's, it's, to correct it. Almost. It's almost like a, a, in a in a sense, like the Me Too movement when or some girl gets just tapped on the ass. You know, yeah. it kind of feels like that. Where you're just like, I could I could see this differently, but. Why the fuck did you do that to me? Like, why did you? Yeah, why did yeah, you think you totally. could come up and just? Yeah, the pro- there was pro- um, the problem is on the person that's delivering it, right? Because like, it doesn't need to be a big deal, you know. Some guy just slapped some girl on the butt, yeah. and he didn't actually intend for anything more to go. The, from exactly, that. it's a disrespect because it's basically showing that I'm entitled to touch you. Anyway exactly, I'm to, entitled to treat you, you a certain way. You don't get any say in that, and yeah. that's obviously offensive. And that's yeah. when like this sort of discourse that's happens. Great. So there's 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 two two ways to deal with it. And I like what you just said because it's. It is the way that, in the end, the way that you choose that, and the and why I say that is because you could look at the circumstance and treat that in two different ways. You could be really offended and come from that context and be like, you know, fuck you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Or you could say something like Woody, you're just like, you know, that's gonna cost you five hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Right, right. But you don't really normalize you know, it, not spinning, not right? Yeah, yeah. Just just the spin on it, and and that's why well, when you take the power away from things like that, what happens? We take the power it away. It from doesn't something. go away, man. It does not well, go away. You, well, yeah, when you say, well, that you, I, this is the belief that I think is, is, is hardwired into you to believe this, and so that that becomes your understanding of the, the way that you frame the world is that there must be this and this in order for the world to operate. I come from a different place where I'm a little bit more optimistic. Where I'm like, if we can teach people not to become offended by things, we take the power away from those things. Those things eventually, through evolution, go away. They may still be a part of our history, but let me see. How much do you know about Atlantis? How much do you know about, you know what I mean? Like these ancient times that weren't even relevant now. Like paving yeah, roads with giant stones. Example. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's, it's not even like a thing, right? Like the way that we've evolved as human beings is some things that aren't relevant anymore. We put them down and then we move on to the next problem. And I totally agree with that. But there's some, like let me give you an example. You know, like there's no way... We, it would be acceptable for us to normalize using certain derogatory racial slang uh, in regular conversation because, right. and the reason that my understanding of this uh, is simply because there's a lot of emotion and a lot of trauma that is attached to those words. Right. Words carry power. Yes. And even if we just sell it, say it willy-nilly, so if I would go around saying the N-word willy-nilly, but I'm not actually believing myself to be a racist, and me believing that that power of that word doesn't affect people negatively, that is ignorance on my part, right. because for a lot of people, especially still some people I know now who are who are subjected to those comments, mm-hmm. it evokes in them a kind of trauma every single time they experience it. I have it, some it, friends that will literally punch you in the nose without a second thought, and other people who like don't even realize the word exists. Yeah, and 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 to be clear, like for some people, yeah, they, they might react that way violently. I don't think violence is ever the answer, but to give you a cheap example. I had a friend of mine who experienced a lot of trauma when she was younger uh, in regards to that word, that slang, where she was being told it by people in school and, and then right. people in her regular professional life. And every and she used to be like her parents used to be chased around uh, and threatened with physical violence and then called that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every time she would hear it, even like as a joke or even in rap or even in even in a community of people where it's socially acceptable to be saying it, mm-hmm. she would experience that trauma, that emotional raw trauma every single time. 
It was literally like invoking it. It's, and yet, it's post-traumatic. It's post-traumatic. Stress, yeah, and the there's tra- a way. The, there's the a way of dealing with trigger to bring uh, bring about that. Yeah. So, so my reasoning is, if there's like, what is the point in saying this word if it brings so much pain and anxiety to people? There's no reason to continue perpetuating it if it brings that much. Well, trauma. This, this, the framing this, thing, right? Because some people framing, say it as an endearing term. Some people say it as I don't a think derogatory well, term. Yes, they do. Right? They do. Right? They do. It's just weird to hear it as like an But you know, you know. This still relates because is it going back to a little bit of what you were saying? Is it just the word? Because realistically, it is just a word. It is just a word, right? And it's like I I, I see Pavlo's law in motion here. Ring where, the bell. Ring the bell, and she just she just, or I, I imagine this is she she responds right. Yeah. Uh, you know, for I'll, I'll give an example in regards to that word. When I was younger, I was also called that. I you know I still I still hear it periodically now. But it rings differently now, and the what happened was, me and my my best friend at the time, who was also a brother, we were coming out of school, and and some white kid calls us the N word, and we went and started beating him up. <laughs> <laughs> like anyone would know. Yeah, right. Like, all right, we're gonna show, we're gonna show, we're gonna show you what time it is. We'll show you how big ends we are. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, you know, it's interesting because as I tell the story, I remember, I remember laying some licks on him, and I was thinking. Not is this right, but like you know when you kind of feel a little bit off? And it was, I went and told my dad about it. He's like, yeah, you know, we went and disciplined somebody for using the N-word on us. And he goes, do you know why you responded that way? Genetically and I go, from maybe your lineage? Could be an inherited trauma? It could be. Inherited trauma. It could be. Let's, it, it could be. It could be. So he goes, do you know why you responded that way with, with violence? And I go, yeah, because he called me that. He goes, no. Because you think you are. Mm. Ooh. Oh. That's why you responded that way. You know, you... you Jeez. So, your culture... Yeah. Uses brother often. Yeah. In that same manner. The endearing manner yeah. that they would use the other word. And it's so interesting. Like, I can't even say the word. Brother? I just don't... No, no. The other <laughs> word. The other word. Yeah. Yeah. The it's, N word then. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um why when i hear the word brother and when i hear it from a brother yeah it it is only um it only feels good because of I've guys tell me don't call me that i, I get that okay don't, yeah don't that's me, don't act like you know me right yeah like, that we're well, ethnic that, yeah. that said that yeah. yeah and that's interesting too because yeah. it it really points to what you just said is in what what you believe uh, you are and how you're associated to that word or how the other person is associated to um, to what is allowed or appropriate or, or whatever and then it's just an automatic yes an automatic thing like we said like we don't even realize it's happening it's so strange just uh, like when when you talk about your experiences mm-hmm. with the word and with everything else when I was a kid being gay wasn't cool like it's like now it's like a mainstream thing like everybody just wants to be gay because it's cool it like it's it really has the pendulum like swings really, you know what i mean the pendulum yeah swings like there's the a lot more sex like, than there was when we were right yeah. yeah so growing up i was called the f word a lot and and gay slur it, it had a negative connotation yeah, for sure yes and gay pal said it's one last day right right <laughs> I know he screamed it too. But uh, see, now I remember there was a moment for me where I was like, fine. I am that. 
Hmm. But guess what? Doesn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not. Like, I I have a, I had a wife and a kid, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm so far the opposite of it, but I've been beat up for it. I've been called that. I've been, oh, my whole life. Was it just like they were trying to find a, a, something to hurt you with? And this is, what I like go, this is what I kind of want to speak to, is this, that level of, like, like inherited trauma or um, that programming that comes from their parents and their parents' mm-hmm. parents and, like, forgive them for they know not what they do. And this was a maturity thing that as I kind of got into that place, like, sometimes like I don't believe that my parents are racist but every once in a while they say some shit and I'm just like god damn but also like their parents before them were probably extremely racist I don't know because they came from completely different countries but you you understand this idea of like it just kind of gets passed on passed on you have to know this you have to think this way this, mm-hmm. ha- this is how you have to be in society in order to fit in and so to, to me like I was trying to say before, like I'm a very forward-thinking person. I'm like, okay, if we take that away now, and we don't even like, we don't even acknowledge that it can be bad or good, and we just ignore it, then it becomes something else. Censorship on the radio used to be everything, but mm-hmm. now they say bitch and they say ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, they isn't say that damn. something? And I'm like, when did that happen? When did this? When did it become acceptable? Because yeah. we all collectively, as a society, just one day went, oh, that didn't offend me, and nobody's writing into the station anymore. You, We're just changing the station. You you point to something really interesting. So there are these words, and the prime example is the F word, right? We use it often on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I grew up that 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 was the equivalent to the N word. In, in our house oh, you yeah. do not say that word right. and the the once or twice that I did say it when I was like I don't know 12 years old <laughs> I got lines, yeah. I got uh, soap in the mouth oh, yeah, that yeah. Was fun. literally that was a thing it was brutal it was a thing. I don't recommend word. doing it some of like some of my friends they, they told me stories about like hot sauce and like some uh, other yeah. crazy shit yeah, like, but, but now that word like in my in my world so I look at my dad and then I look at me and I have unfuckable with on uh, on a poster down That's here. Right. And right. when when he comes down to to check out the podcast, because Patrick's like, "Hey, come check out the podcast room," and I'm like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what's going Wisdom. to unfold, yeah. all he was obsessed by was that poster. Yeah, <laughs> he could not see anything, anything else. else. And then we had it for about forty five minutes, a conversation about why it's a filthy word his words that word is filthy I'm like why why is it filthy well it's it's uh, it's based on 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 sexual um hmm. uh, i can't even remember what he said human yeah. yeah but but hold on like the his his field of view of that word by nature of of society um influences um those types of things yeah. where, where it was just constantly being uh, defined in, in that lens uh, had him be viscerally reacted by that word because it's filthy and it's it's uh, degenerative and um, and then I said okay I get that hmm. do you know that it is the most diverse word in the English language in any sentence. that you can actually uh, it is the most effective way to elicit your state of emotional, uh, like where you at, where you're at emotionally, than any other word in the human language. Yeah. Did you know that? 
and he was fighting it tooth and nail. <laughs> but I was in, in this case, I wasn't going to give up because it's not a filthy word. Yeah, it's a triggering word, most definitely. Contextually, right. it's all in context. Yeah. Now, the N-word qu- so hasn't like, quite hit that, that like, spot yet. Like, what the fuck or fuck you? Two very completely well, different things. Yeah, the N-word and, and fuck, for example, are different categories because one is like a general word that doesn't like... It hasn't classified to a, a type of, totally, you know, totally. Group of people that have been disenfranchised. Well, here's the thing. Here, then this is like the the icing on the cake. It was it was brilliant. Um, so we're having this conversation, and my mom is there as well. We were here for Maya's birthday, which they don't celebrate birthdays, and so I. Uh, they don't celebrate. Are they you get Jehovah's? Were they Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, okay. yeah. They're not they Jehovah's. They 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 worship Jehovah. That's yeah, yeah. the God. <laughs> Just to be really responsible for our language. That's funny. Um, Not that it, and it does matter. Anyways. um, So, so they're there under the guise of a barbecue and it's really a birthday. And that's a whole other thing about, uh, it fits in here somewhere. I don't know quite where, but um, so she's listening and my dad and I, we have very similar energies. I will make my point. And he will make his point, and and we are we will die on our hills <laughs> to make our point. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, in, in, yeah. now in most cases, I am the one who who relents. I'm not interested in going there because for the most part, it's it's about something that I, I really don't care to yeah. to dig in. And in this case, I said, "No, fuck it. Um, I'm going to make my case here so that he understands." And uh, and then something interesting happened as we were having the conversation. Um, Mom uh, was talking about uh, an experience that happened, and uh, I think it was about uh, some family matters that were going on. And he was he was very frustrated by it. He's like, "It's unfucking believable." <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and and mom's and mom pointed it out. He's like, "Oh, you know what? Actually." Now that you say that, I do remember when you used that word because there was no other way for you to express where you were at in that moment. Mm. Mic drop. That that was it. That was all I needed because it's not a filthy degenerative word. That is an uh, that is an artifact of an old way of thinking that has been influenced by by a very narrow field of view, and and you already know it, right? But you're holding on to it. But you also know what else it can do because you used it. And this is the thing about personal responsibility. We know, we know, I am never going to drop that word. Never, ever going to drop that word because I know the weight in which it carries. It can also be an emotional relief too. No, I'm talking about the N word right now. Oh. I am never going to use that word. Which is true. It can be an emotional release. Fair enough. And I have no context for what that looks like because um, it is not mine. Fuck is a word that I can relate to because it is relatable to me. The N word is not relatable to me. And so it's just hands off. Full stop. Why do we need to justify any rationale to use it when you don't understand it? It's kind of like the same, and I just want to like steer it back to like the original premise of the conversation, but it's kind of like the same with, you know, there's been these, this transgender movement where people are like really insisting that we, 
you know, use specific pronouns to refer to them by because for them it makes them feel like they identify with their uh, proposed gender. Personal responsibility. Personal responsibility in the sense that if you are aware that saying this certain word to somebody is going to make them feel bad, what kind of like do you want to be an empathetic, compassionate person? Yeah, where do you land on the spectrum? Well, how much has to be Miss and Ma'am? If you mix those two up, you could be very insulting. To my them. my wife gets really really triggered by Senora, which is Miss in Spanish, and she's like, "You don't talk, you call don't, me that." You don't right? that? No, because it's an it's an old lady thing. Oh, yeah. See, and check this out. Okay, <laughs> oh, so most yeah, young most young ladies are gonna hate the word Ma'am, and they prefer Miss. My girlfriend, on the other hand. When I some one time, it's just kind of like a natural habit. You know how you feel like language yeah. things that you just do every once in a while. She like told me to do something. I'm like yes, ma'am, and she was like, "Ooh, that's damn like when you say that, right?" <laughs> but I'm why? I have no idea. I, let me tell you why. Because it's an authority thing. No, it, well, yes and no. It's a power dynamic. It, yes and no. <laughs> here, here is why, and this is my my um, speculation around it is that you acknowledged her. And uh, and you gave her a, a level of respect that uh, deep down uh, she's never really been given very often, and so it really made a, a positive impact. Yeah, that okay. ma'am was a uh, 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 you, you indicating to her that I I am in uh, in service to you because I I admire respect love you. Yeah. It is not because there is a uh, and and there might be some where it's like yeah I'm I'm master your servant, but that's not why she well, enjoyed in that it. Instance, maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah. In that instance, absolutely, yeah. because in that instance she felt heard Power. and appreciated and empowered. And this is so crazy. That's the personal responsibility that we all have. If you yes. have a belief system built into who you are and what you how you operate, and it's not serving you in that. Every time you encounter something and it causes you a great deal of harm, how good is that belief system? Not very. It's not very good. So you have a personal responsibility to alter your belief system so you can live a better life. Yeah. Man, and Moral that... of the story, live a better life based on your belief system. So change that belief system so that it serves you because that's I mean, you're in charge of that. That's the one thing that you get control yeah. over. Back to the pronoun thing. I don't know what people call me. I've been called a lot of bad things, and none of it ever bothers me, but I've also been called a lot of respective things. I'll walk into a bar, and my, my best friend will be like, man, you want some boss moves? And I'm like, cool, yeah, I'm a boss tonight, right? <laughs> but then I, I get to the other side of the room, it's like, oh, look at this asshole. In the same, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just choose not to give too much power to either one. Yeah, I'm not going to get so big headed that I'm the big boss that when somebody calls me an asshole, I'm like, no, shrivel up. Or, or yeah. you do, yeah, you do the extreme and you, uh, you, you feel justified now in being big boss. Right. And, and so if somebody says something like that, I got to back up big boss, exactly. which means now I'm drinking, you know, so I'm intoxicated so I can fight somebody and prove that I'm a big boss to who? Yeah, yeah, that, that's because nobody cares thing. at the end of the night. They all go home. I get arrested. Right. Like nobody cares. Yeah. You care. You have to care. That's the personal responsibility yes. to this. Yeah. Right? And, and, and if you don't adjust that, your way, the way you think and see the world, well, the entitlement you're, takes you're over. trapped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the entitlement's so, a big thing. And, and just like it's like important to, like in the pronoun sense, you know, if this person feels better being referred to these specific pronouns than using them, 
it's their responsibility to communicate that shit right. because there's how many of these things that exist yeah you can't expect to know like, all of it there's no way you can know there's no and way you, you shouldn't know. be offended if somebody doesn't use it if they they have no context for exactly. it exactly it's so, your responsibility to communicate yes this. so entitled i am entitled to be called whatever you are also personally responsible to let people know why that makes a difference for you. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just assume that everybody knows and then get radically offended when it doesn't go your way because inevitably it won't. So I, I want to I shift this a little bit inside of... Um, we've been talking a lot about communication, mm-hmm. how we're communicating with each other. I want to shift a little bit Power into... Our responsibility in the actions that we take or that we know we need to take and our entitlement to um, just it should have happened already or why isn't it happening or I shouldn't have to do that. I think entitlement I talk is, about a, that. is a constant battle inside of yourself uh, over, over control over your patience. I'll do so, and I think this speaks to what you kind of alluded to at the very beginning. I'll do something, um, like let's say I'll put together a presentation, and then, and then I like, Im- I imagine giving this presentation to the right person. And I give that presentation to two people, and I'm like, why am I not rich yet? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I said this presentation twice. My whole life, I was. This is the entitled millennials conversation that nobody's talking about. Well, they My actually whole life, are. I was told that if I go out there, I work hard, I'm going to get what I want. Yeah. That's what I was told. That so was I'm out old, here. I'm working hard. To was, me, it looks hard. Yeah, that was the old formula spent, that worked. Right, it work right, and it's no, it still works, but it, it's in context and with patience. Because now you see somebody who's who makes a million dollars a year. It's taken them five years to get there, and you're like, why am I not there? I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm working hard, just like that person. Yeah, why or, am or I not rich? Or you're seventy. You have a little YouTube channel that you make millions. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the seventy-year-olds are making more annually right? than like, I am. Now, to to and be the idea is is execute on that idea, put it out, and do the thing, and eventually it's gonna happen. But the thing is, is they had patience. That happened in three years. Ryan's toy review didn't blow up overnight. No, it, it was years of work. It was he started when he was four, and then by the time he was seven, he had a half decent following. And that was all of <laughs> that, is funny. He that was his parents. Four. Is that That's where we're at these days? Yeah, You're working, yeah, we're working yeah, hard yeah. at three, man, to the coal mines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy to think. And so now this now this becomes like an internal battle. Like I, I sing, I sing very well. I've been recording my music. I have five albums out. Why am I not famous yet? Mm-hmm. I work. Yeah. I work just I'm in, as hard I'm as entitled as I guarantee, to my success, and I'm entitled yeah. to that success, right? But now, why? Because I work hard. So it's not wrong. It's just that my patience don't exist. We think that working hard is the only thing yeah. to do. You guys are smart. Well, yeah. And, and that's a cliched thing now that everybody says. And nobody knows contextually what, what that actually means. How, how do exactly. you work smart? I'm, I am working it's smart. It's one more cliche. It's not but what like, you know. It's who you know. Yeah. So it's, it's like work hey, smart, not hard. With and it's all of those coming know, together. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The formula for success. Because in terms of like media and entertainment, it's a huge industry. It's massive. Everybody wants to be a Hollywood star. Everybody wants to be an actor. Some people want to be stuntmen. Some people want to be like professional Basketball pro players. athletes. And so everybody's working really hard at the craft. 
But then there's a huge part of it that's like the marketing element. Like, how do you reach an audience? How do you become famous? How do you become popular? How do you make people like you so that they want to see your face mm -hmm. on screen? You know, so working really, really hard has got its merits. But on the other hand, if no one sees you or no one's interested in what you're doing, it's not going to really amount to much. So there's these little so does elements. So come back to, to the personal responsibility. Like, if you want those, you have to understand. You have to, you have to understand what's missing. Right. You have to understand what's missing. What the failed component is, and then invest time and energy on that, rather than just doing what you're doing, hoping that something changes. Here's the here's the one component that everybody, most everybody, fails to include inside of their working hard mindset. Um, it is the relationships that we keep. The, the relationships are the cornerstone of it all. So to your point of it's not what you know, it's who you know, uh, here's why it's cliche. It's actually not it's what you know, it's who you know. It's how well do you know those people and how much are you in service of those people? And it's what you know enough to go find those people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the personal responsibility to know, hey man, like I, I am committed to get to know Al and what he's up to because uh, he's a brother and because I'm interested and genuinely want to see him live his best life on his terms. Okay. And now... My words are, I mean, that was well executed, right? Pat on the back, Dave. Good job. You've, you must have said that a few times. It's inside of now my commitment. What I say I'm committed to for Al, does Al believe that? It's your actions that make him believe it. Be because if I'm saying I'm I'm uh, in Al's corner, but never but I'm never there, <laughs> well, it's it's a crock of shit, yeah. and you're uh, and you are still now uh, inside of this entitled uh, mindset that uh, just by saying that something should happen. I said that nice thing to that person, so yeah. I should have what's mine. Right. Yeah. 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 You're you, investing you, the effort and energy in the relationship. I, lo looking at everything that we just said, I think it's like D all of the above. You know, who totally. you know, what you know, because I think a lot of people who work hard don't realize that it's like a cake. They, it's not just one ingredient, it's many ingredients, yes. right? They, yes. And it's how it all comes together, how you bake that cake. Yes. So I think a lot of people, especially I'm going to assert in this society, when we think that we work hard, we're just being busy. Mm -hmm. Ah, huh? see, good point. That's yeah, a very good point. We are see a busy. Carrying so around, busy. loading up the ice machines. That's not a manager's job. You're right? Not yeah. The pl and that's yeah. why that place is failing. Yeah. Right? Like you see these things happening where people aren't executing on the personal responsibility. You, yeah. So this is a really great example. Let's let's deepen that a little bit. He's he's putting the ice away because uh, in his mind he's the manager i'm entitled to be your superior i'm telling you what you need to do yeah. and what happens there is a big fuck you <laughs> and guess who gets to put the ice away mm -hmm. the manager does yeah because you're actually uh your your actions are not in a congruent alignment with what you are saying if if you are a manager then to your point do you actually understand what it means to be a good manager? Yeah. It is not a master-servant yeah. dichotomy. That, that's not how it goes. Maybe it was at yeah, one, one point, point time. That's right. but that's not how it is anymore. Yeah. So if, if you are living from an old way of thinking, yeah. you, you are going to reap the results of, a, of an old way of thinking, uh, which isn't, it does, it's not relevant anymore.
It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Well, the punchline is shift the framing. Yes. Right? Shift the way that you think. Shift the way that you see these things. And and actually do do the the hard work in understanding uh, why uh, why do I react the way I do in certain situations? Why why am I uh, not? Why am I sitting? Uh, why am I on the couch uh, like a lazy ass, uh, w- wondering why I'm not going where I where I say I want to go? Why I'm hungry? Why isn't there food on the table? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, the fucking dishes are, are piling up. Well, who the fuck's going to do the dishes? It's, it's making conscious decisions rather than living life on autopilot. Yeah, and then and then wondering why your life is a shitstorm. Yeah. Right? Like, it's so simple, and it's the hardest thing. It's self-awareness. It's self-awareness. Really, really true, like, radical self-awareness. Because there's a, le- there's a level of self-awareness, like, yeah, I know myself. I know I'm lazy. I know I procrastinate. I know I did. Yeah, that's not. So. That's not. Yeah, you know, those are just the that's cliches. Hilarious. Those are the quips. The things that we I just say. Like, oh, I know I'm this. I know I'm that. But like, but like, okay, that's then stop it. complaining about those other, all the things yeah. that you're not getting in life. Yeah. If you want things, you got to do things. You got to work for it. It's not just the work. It's now you got to meet people and execute on those ideas and pull the plan together. And this is the manager. If a manager doesn't know how to manage, he ends up doing the tasks. Yeah, that the opportunity is to learn how to mm-hmm. how to really manage people in this day and age, yeah. to to lean in and take ownership for uh, for what it takes to do the thing, because the thing needs to be done, and and we want people around uh, that feel good about where where we're all at, and so you just get to own that little piece of the pie. So then, the most important part before that is how you manage yourself. Absolutely. You can't really manage anybody else if you have like the worst habits that anyone has ever seen. Well, and to your point about the the procrastinator, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. Oh yeah, no, you know I can't wake up early. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I got no time to go to the gym. Uh, oh, I I I, I don't know how to um, eat properly, I or I, I I don't know how to cook. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just those curious. those are the opportunities. They're not what defines you. They, they are not the thing that, that has you be the human being that, that you are creating in, in your world. That is, that is your place for growth. And the funny thing is how quick it is, at least in my own context. Like, so I'll give you an example. I've been struggling to wake up early the past little while. That's why I said in that. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> nice dig. And, and I get, I get No, you can take it. your knife back. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, get mad at my my friend Mike because he's you know staying at my house and like we're gonna wake up in the morning we're gonna go to the gym we're gonna get all this stuff done 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 he's always on board and I'm just like cool he's always a yes guy he's always a yes guy yeah and then push comes to shove the time comes and I wake up and it's like whatever my alarm clock went off or I I, I turned it off and I was not even conscious of doing it because sometimes it's like I'm still in my sleep I'm in my dream and I'm like. <laughs> Like I'm training my body right, yeah. to turn it off before I don't I'm even awake. Right yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like present Pat, like always screws future Pat over it all the time. He's the worst, most unreliable guy. But then I wake up being like, damn it, it's like 10 a.m. It's like I can't rely on Mike. I can't rely on these other people mm. that are supposed to wake me up, as if it were their responsibility that I right. You know, right. wake up on time, like I'm a kid again. Right. And then late, I catch myself in this thinking, and I'm like, but you set yourself up that way, right? I do, yeah, because I stay yeah. up super late at night. Well, or, no, no, not not. That's yes, part of it. That's, that's part, part of it. it. Yeah. But actually, you set yourself up because whether you're aware of it or not, in the background, you're saying, okay, Mike's going to wake up. <laughs> yeah, right? I can rely on that. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> this is the autopilot. But, and you act, yeah, and you actually know you can't rely on it, but you're hopeful. 
It'll change this time. Maybe, Maybe this it'll time change this time. <laughs> oh, the irony in yeah. that. Because How many times it, has it not changed? Many times. Well, many times. But, but that's the thing. Maybe it could change the next time. And who gets to be the one to change it? I mean, I get to be the one. You have to be the one. I'm the only one that I can really depend on in the sense that I'm controlling my own experience. Yeah. I can't depend on someone else to do that for me. So, and it's just, it happened this morning, it happened yesterday, and I always wake up being like irritated and grumpy, and I'm just looking to blame someone else totally. all the time, and I have to like sit and be still See, and sort of feel it out, like literally feel the emotion that's like resonating and building inside me to realize that it's all coming from me, and it's not anyone else's responsibility. See, that, that's, that's a great example, great example, because there's, there's two parts of this that I'm seeing. So one, we are talking about it, right? You're just talking. You see it and you realize there's something I want to do, but I'm not doing it. I feel there's one thing that's missing for me in this is like, if we were to take that example and say, okay, step by step, this is what you need to do to make sure that's an effective result. How do we get to that? Like when we talked about going from being entitled to being in a, an effective action. Hmm. You know, you one, one of the things that we talked about, we all mentioned is being aware like just being aware, being aware of, okay, I'm being, I'm feeling entitled. I shouldn't feel that way. Okay, cool. So, what is the step by step that would, if we take that example and say, this is what will effectively get your ass into action? What would that be? Like, do we? Mm, I could tell. I you think that's that a great question. Because <laughs> the funny thing is, remember when we did habit contracts? That was ago? so much fun, by the way. And Talk it, to me. Like, break it down. What's it, going on? It works great with you, but with Michael, it was it just nosed up. <laughs> because like we just ended up slapping each other in the face all the time and not getting anywhere. Perfect. So what is that? Break that. So break it down. Create cre- it. Yeah, create it for yeah. them. They don't know uh, what it is. Okay, so to give you an ex- idea, I read this book called Atomic Habits, and it was a really oh, yeah, good great book. book. Yeah, yeah, great book. And in it, they suggested this idea of doing a habit contract. And to summarize, the idea is you want to make the bad habit more uncomfortable than doing the good habit. Because the reason you have a bad habit is because the good habit requires more effort. So if you make the bad habit have a consequence that is unpleasant, then usually you'll just do the good habit because then you can avoid the consequence that the bad habit generates for you. In the context between me and Dave, the, the consequences for engaging in the bad habit was you had to pay the person five bucks immediately and then you had to slap him in the face. And for me, being slapped in the face by wow. another man is emotionally, you know, traumatizing, I guess, for the lack of a better term. I don't like it. It makes me feel like I don't, weak and, and, I don't know if there's anybody that likes yeah, There's it, a lot yeah. of men that would well, like yeah, it. Yeah, dude, Mike loved it. I slap him and he's like, ooh. And I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to enjoy this. Yeah, that's not how you, you weren't slapping hard enough. I was slapping him pretty good. In fact, I was getting so good at it that uh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't physically hurting him. But the idea of the slap isn't to like hurt someone or knock them out it's to create this like sort of shock discomfort you know, like an electrical yeah, enough to like that's but, jar you but for him he's into that stuff so it didn't work you know? <laughs> he, he enjoyed it so i'm like no 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 no, no. you know what i think yeah. we digging deeper on this it, it's it's important to understand back to the self-awareness thing your laziness is telling you something yeah. if you don't want to get up in the morning why is that it's probably because the shit you're getting up for in the morning isn't worth it to you well actually in my case just to finish it was what I did the night before because like I'm failing to set myself up for success and when I went to this Void VR Center just a couple of days ago I met with my friend Tyler and it was like you know when you see someone that's doing all the shit that you know you should be doing or maybe you try doing it for a while and experience some success from it and then you just fell off the wagon yeah. you see him doing it and you're just like, damn it. Like, it's just a reminder that you're like, I need to be doing that again. What am I doing? I, I just stopped doing it completely. And he'll set himself up so that he's basically ready to go the next day. 
So he'll prime his like workout clothes. He'll have them all set up there in a little bag, duffel bag, sitting on top of the door and then, or uh, by the door. He'll have like his bowl and his cereal ready for breakfast so that he's not scrambling. He has everything set up for the morning so that when he wakes up, it's all done for. Building systems. Building a system yeah, so that yeah, it's like yeah. less resistance when you wake up to having to do it because it's all done for. I'll do this. I know if I if I had like something important the next day and I was like up late with friends or whatever, like drinking. I, I do that because I'm like tomorrow I'm not going to be in the right place. Because you know, future Devin is unreliable. Yeah, yeah. He's so going to be like the yeah. coffee in the curate. You know, what I mean, the cup ready and my bowl and cereal and I'm like, it's gonna. I'm not gonna have to think at all until I'm on the road and then I'm good. And so, like, but I only do that in like that extreme point hmm. uh, more I, I think just from in my own experience I'll find something too late for example like oh you know what it's 9 o'clock I have till from 9 to like midnight to do something and I'll start editing a video <laughs> and then three and then three o'clock comes around you're like shit what did I just do well it's already you, yeah, you know you gotta wake up at eight o'clock or, or Dave's gonna be mad at you because you're not here <laughs> I'm not gonna be mad I'm just gonna start without you yeah. <laughs> and see and this is it is like uh, having the social group t- to hold you accountable, accountable to it yeah. make, made it a little bit easier for me it's like oh shit I, I can't let these guys down especially when you have spent so much time prepping um, us in that it's like, listen, I'm in this to win this, and if you're not, get out of the way. And it was like, yep. well, shit, I gotta strap myself in and get ready, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, I don't car. care that it's eight o'clock in the morning, which is in in such a weird way. It's given me a, like a new refreshed passion mm-hmm. for life, and I actually like I'm not a morning person. At least that's what I've told myself yeah, my yeah, whole life. Totally. Story, yeah. Recently, I have seen examples of people who are morning people, and my girlfriend's another prime example. Like, she'll wake up chipper is a chipmunk like it's scary uh, yeah so chipper <laughs> chipper than them yeah just imagine a chipper, a chipmunk yeah. in the morning just like chipperer maybe it's yeah, chipper. I don't know. <laughs> so i've kind of been reframing that for myself and holding myself accountable to those thoughts and just being like hey maybe if i start thinking i am a morning person that's going to change and i found that i come here with a little more energy i feel a little more you know revitalized even though Last night I was up until one o'clock in the morning on a date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it didn't matter because I was like, "Yes, I'm so excited." Well, hopefully that date was with your girlfriend. <laughs> so, like, I, so, 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 which I relate to because you know I perform on Fridays. I get to bed usually around three up, yeah. up here. So, one of the things that we can see is what actually motivates you. Like so, making sure you're not disappointing yeah. your peers. You know, is one of them, right? Yeah. In in the case with what's your roommate's name again? Mike. 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 Like going just as that as an experiment. I love what you said. I'm curious now. Like, if that seems important to you, why have you not taken action? And that's not like a an accusatory. Like, why are you not it's taking? My action? fault. It's absolutely my fault. No, we know that part, but more <laughs> deeper. Is yeah, it, like like the laziness to, telling you something. Yeah, I like that. Like, is the laziness telling you something? Because you know what you could be doing. So, what is actually stopping you? What gets you from being entitled for not... I can tell you exactly what Okay, let's, let, I'm let's, curious. I spent some time feeling it out and figuring out what yeah. has happened. It's that I like to stay up late at night. I started doing this since high school. And the reason I enjoy staying up late is because it's like the day isn't over until I go to bed. And so I can make the day last as long as I want if I just don't go to sleep. Yeah. So the, when I go to sleep, it's basically me resigning myself to the fact that this day is over, and I never like feel, up. feels like I didn't get enough done. You know, yeah, I, right. I didn't okay, accomplish that makes enough sense. Things. That makes sense. So because you slept in, 
and you didn't get the morning people shit done. Yeah. <laughs> Why? You get so much shit yeah, done you know, in the that's morning. That's a thinking so, thing, right? So as a strategy, just just a to just check in to just see like what we could create with that. Maybe instead of the morning, maybe it's more at night then. I accept it. But I accept it. I tried to accept it, but then I realized that again, it's just a crutch. It's right. an, it's a habit that has been cultivated for like over a decade. Yeah. And and it's like you know what. Things aren't working with this habit because I'm not really getting where I want to go. And I'm missing out on a lot of things in the morning, which seems to be when the real hustle happens. Yeah. Why don't I just try switching it around and see what comes from that? Mm-hmm. But what, where, where the failure comes in is that, like I said, future Patrick, especially in the morning, isn't the most reliable guy because past Patrick loves to stay up all the time. You know so what? I need to switch it around and, and just see what happens. I like when that. you use the word, I need to. You know, instead, I, of saying, I, instead of like I get to like sometimes and the reason why I say that going back to the atomic habit there. <laughs> I can't even like argue with that I should have said I should have no 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 not that you should have no I did it again <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's quite it's quite telling and remember I'm not saying this as a way of accusing you like oh you know no, shame know. on you it's more like really like being curious about it if we were to take this as an experiment and see if we could alter that what would that actually look like like for example when you talked about the atomic habits there's a lot because I, I just finished reading it and for me there's a lot that's missing like one of them was creating the contract other is like is, is creating the environment others also how you talk to yourself yeah what words you're using right self dialogue so when you said I thought it was perfect when you just said like I need to and I should like that as actually it feels like it's a responsibility you it's don't a, want. it's a sense of it's like, a that, that, maybe, that maybe it, yeah. maybe you might be even resisting yeah. subconsciously right i would definitely resisting subconsciously. Uh, you know, as a tool for myself I, i'm really bad for like eating i'm really bad for going to bed i'm really bad like i i kind of relate to you on such a deep level with this you know what i started doing is like, i just set alarms people make fun of me for my alarms all the time but they like they build these habits and i don't have to think about it again now now i just i'm like one o'clock my alarm goes off it says go to bed and I know that seems really oh, surface. Oh, you mean to schedule yourself that Yeah, way. and so I'm like, shit, one o'clock. It means you should like, wrap it up, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and so you get this, like, half an hour where you're like, okay, fine, now I'm in bed. But the cool thing is, I know I only need eight, seven hours of sleep, right? Yeah. So I can still wake up eight or nine o'clock and feel refreshed, feel energized, feel ready for the day. And now I, now when I wake up, I have to tell myself, like, you got your eight hours, bitch, do this. Right. <laughs> and, and the cool thing is, is now I've, I've patterned that to happen. And, and my body starts to respond to it. Here's even more. In the morning, 9.30, I have an alarm that says meditate. And so when I have the, when I have the opportunity, you know what I mean? Yeah. I will do it. So I'll, I'll, I'll not do it because it's like weird yeah. meditating with my girlfriend around. And because she always makes fun of me. And I'm like, you know, I just, I just can't get in the headspace for it. So I, I just don't do it. But then I'll have another one at 9.45 that says eat. Because I don't eat. I don't. I just wake up and I go. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Grab a bowl of cereal. And what's weird is I've been doing this now for probably six months. And like 9.30, 9.45 rolls around. And I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah, you're, you're building those systems. Then, right? And so you yeah. you begin to reprogram yourself. I learned this by accident, actually. Um, this guy, Jordan Harbinger from The Art of Charms, my first podcast ever when I was young. Uh, he had this uh, idea that you to adjust your posture before you enter the room. Oh yeah, I do that shit. It so that, changes your so that it changes who you are, but it changes everybody's first impressions of who you are. So you use the door frame as the mental trigger. So what he said is just put some sticky notes around your house so that when you walk through that door frame, you're like, oh, sticky note, ha ha And then you adjust your posture. Now you program yourself over time, have patience, you program yourself over time, every doorway you come through now is gonna be that. And the, the power behind that is, is now you are 
you do seem Dude, confident when you is, walk in. The belief room. is that shifted. That is so dope. And so the whole dynamic so shifts. Yeah, and everybody in that room now treats you differently than when you were walking in unapproachable and grumpy. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. These so little you, triggers that you set you for yourself to, to program. Yeah, you're pointing to something that that we're getting to with you, Mr. P. Master P. <laughs> Master P. Master like P. It. That's kind of like the ma'am. Be like, oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> damn. I want to get enough of that as a child. <laughs> Continue. Continue. You may proceed. You have my attention. Master P is listening. So you found a system that worked for you. And one of the things that in uh, Atomic Habits that they talked about is starting off small. Yeah, micro. Uh, like 1% yeah. changes over the course so of a year. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, what, is, what is that? Because you've had a, over a decade of practicing a certain way and it feels comfortable and you just don't have to think about it. What is, what is something that you saw just in us discussing that you could slowly start to transform what would that be well it's my morning ritual and and when i did this contract with david i actually had quite a bit of success with it and it helped a lot having some accountability because you know whenever you let yourself down it can be pretty debilitating but maybe you let it slide enough that it doesn't bother you as much but letting down another person can be very devastating because now you feel like you can't trust yourself and this person can't trust you so the accountability part was nice but when it came to changing my morning ritual, the biggest issue I had was that when I wake up in the morning, I gotta do all this stuff. And it seems like this overwhelming task. So when I read this At Atomic Habits book and he was introducing the concept of like a 1% change, yeah, I would turn like my morning push-ups into like, from like 50 to like 10. Uh, I would do my like 30 or hour long meditation to like five minutes, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. you know? And then what would happen is I would do it. I would show up. I would master literally the art of showing up just to do the bare minimum. So I didn't feel like it was an overwhelming task. But while I'm in the thick of doing it, nine times out of ten, it never felt like it was enough. And so then I would just end up doing more because mm -hmm. I was already doing it. So it's like, well, why stop at ten? I still feel like I have energy. I can do another 30. Which he discusses. Discuss is brilliant. Yeah. yeah and so, but, even, but then I have my days where I'm like, I have no energy for this shit. I can literally just do ten push-ups. I got maybe five minutes of stretching and a, and a meditation. And then I got to go. But I still did. But weirdly, on your bad days, doesn't the bare minimum still feel good? Oh, amazing! Because like it's making just like, your bed. It's just a simple thing. Yeah, you wake up, you make your yeah. bed, and you're like, it just takes you one second. Like it's not even that hard. And then at the end of the night, you go to your room, and you're like, oh, oh I'm so yeah, glad it's clean and organized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so glad I spent the thirty seconds to make my bed. So, and that's I think that's kind of a, a a really good circle back to the idea that we can have bad days bad days happen oh, yeah. and they will happen don't sure. judge yourself so harshly on those bad like on any days, days for that matter but like even on those bad days just like understand like shit this is just one of those days where i'm not going to be all the way in but everybody has that and you you idealize this you know vision of who you might be or or perhaps you have an idol who you're like, oh, I wish I could be like that person. And, and that person seems to just be at it all the time. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is, we don't see them all the time either. No, they have their off days. Right? So you see this off, and, or you see them on all the time. And so you kind of have this misconception that that's how you have to be. I remember when I started doing real estate photography, every house I walked into was spotless. And I was not a clean person. I was like, I was like, accidentally drink the cigarette butts in the beer can. Oh like, my that's, god! I mean, what? Was, that is yeah, disgusting. Man, was, we were we were young. We were idiots. It was it was bad. Like, right. This is the grossest shit. It's a very no, horrible, no, horrible. No, but I, I guess like, we, we've all we, had our I moments was a for dirty sure. Person, and then seeing this complete contrast to that, mm -hmm. where every house I went to was like immaculate. I. I developed like this disposition, like, oh my God, I'm 
horrible. Yeah, you're <laughs> bad. So I, I got so bad, like OCD almost to the level where like I would not go to bed. I don't care if it was you know midnight or five in the morning. I could not go to bed until my house was spotless, perfect, everything exactly where it belonged. Mm-hmm. I, I've since kind of let up. On I was myself, gonna say, are you still doing that? Yeah. Healthy, I think. <laughs> I still, I'll still do the like the tidy, the clean, hold myself accountable. My house is very, very clean, um, but. I, I don't judge myself quite as harshly. And, and it's this idea, though, that everybody lived their life perfectly. Right. Versus me, like a complete disaster. I'm like, I should just throw myself off a bridge. Like, there's no point in trying. There's no way that I'm going to go from here to here. But again, it's because I saw people when they were at their absolute best. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. So you get this disposition, right? This was awesome. I got, uh, I got so much for myself out of... Uh, this journey, this game that is uh, striving for what greatness looks like for me, myself, and this uh, uh, this constant grapple with some of these things that you guys talked about. You're failing to set yourself up for success. Right. Yeah. Your laziness is telling you something. And there's these inherited traumas that are influencing how we act and you don't even know that they're influencing how you act so you get to uh to do the the work and and start to dig and and figure out what those things are Uh, not to now have it knocked out of the park but that you are building the structures and the systems that will support that and to give yourself a little bit of a little bit more uh, graciousness in the process we don't we are not on 100% of the time. The people that are on social media are not on 100% of the time. In fact, the ones that are on the most, you're only seeing 10% of their lives, as said by them. Mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk's probably the most prolific um, social media content creator, and you're only seeing 10% of his life. His personal life, not on the radar. The critical business, not on the radar. So 10%, that's all he's doing to really make that. But what we're doing is we're having it be the 90% is the 10%. But that's not the case. And so we're setting setting ourselves up with these completely unrealistic expectations. And now we are paralyzed as a result of it. So the takeaway, the big takeaway here is to understand what motivates you what will those things be that have you get excited and double down on uh on the the systems understanding the systems and the structures that will allow you empower you to to take those actions to do those things and the second it's feeling off to you you got to look at it you have to look at it because if you're not going to look at it you're going to crash and burn that's just the inevitability of it. And no, you're not entitled to anything in your life unless you've done the work to actually move it forward. And even then, entitlement is only a byproduct of, of what you invested, the time and energy and attention that you've invested into the thing. Owning a level of outcome-independent thinking, not worrying about the outcome if you're going to do something mm. nice for somebody, don't do it because they're going to do something back to you. Absolutely. Do it because you actually give a fuck about being nice to somebody. Absolutely. And if you don't give a fuck about being nice to people, I feel sorry for you, for one, <laughs> and you're going to have a hard, hard run. 
That's right. Because that is the new currency. The new currency is the ability to have empathy and compassion for others and and be of service without having anything um, coming back because it's not about the thing that comes back. It's about what you did and and, and how you impacted and improved uh, in somebody else's life. And don't go 100% in either. You can do 10%. In being of service to other human beings, and the and the the uh, what we get back, like the compensation that comes from that, is going to be huge. But you got to be willing to do the work. You also got to take care of yourself too. Uh, well, absolutely. And that's why it's only a ten yeah, percent thing, right? Like, yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of work. It really doesn't. It's just the level of commitment. That is the hard work. Is the commitment to do and and, and take ownership with whatever it is honoring your alarm clocks because you could totally easy go snooze so that was episode 79 i want to thank you for listening and allowing us to take some of that precious time away and we really hope that what you're hearing is of value and and we want to we want to know as well so if there is uh, something that you are curious about or you wanted to to share or you had a question around or even some feedback we want to hear from you guys so let us know say hi at the gist.life on instagram or on facebook and we are also trying to increase some awareness for the podcast so if you do like what you hear Go to iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever your flavor is and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Let us know how we did. We'd love to hear from you. Hope you're having a great day.